Beep. Oh, oh, fuck you. What's going on, everybody? This is the Full Tilt Podcast Network. Uh, this is the flagship program, minus one. This is the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. This is episode 187. We are powered by Fantasy Points. Uh, we love Fantasy Points, and you should too. You should head over to FantasyPoints.com. We get ready because the fantasy points data, it is coming and you are going to want to be a part of that. I post every week a TLDR, a fantasy points chart porn article. And let me tell you, I played Darius Slayton. I played Smitty. I played him everywhere in my DFS lineups and it paid off. Uh, it's phenomenal information. It's a free read. Uh, the chart porn article by Jake Tribby. You're going to want to check that out. But we're not here to talk about that. It is the playoff push right now. We have. Yeah. We have Bye weeks being secured. We have games coming down to late game Julio Jones catches. It's just tons to talk about today. Baker Mayfield getting claimed. He's on his third team. Uh, I, I I love it. I absolutely love it. It's phenomenal. Uh, but hey, I'm your host of the most timeless hands. I am Thomas Temple FF joined by not only the beeping of my fucking alarm that just started. Very sorry, everybody. But I'm also joined by one of the smartest people on the planet. Uh, not not many can match his mega mind. This is at Big Billy FF. Yo, ah, oh, what a night last night. Uh, the league got crazy. I, yeah, I was painfully hurt last night. You, <laughs> I I went into last night. I needed Rashad White to outscore Andy Dalton by seven points. That was oh, all man. I needed, and it got towards the end of the season, and I went or the end of the week, the game. And I went, you know what? It's not going to happen. Whatever. I, I put I put it up and I went, got in bed, started reading, got a notification on my phone, rushing touchdown scored by Rashad White. And I had to sit there and go, no, it didn't. Uh, but it might have. And I pulled it up and I lost by three. Hurt. That's so bad. So in legal just enough to believe. I have been in first the entire year for the legal record. Okay. Now, if you're new to the show and you don't know, I've been tormented by the legal record, finding a way to lose in the playoffs once to Billy, thanks to the Alvin Kamara touchdown game and uh, uh, Stafford's twisted ankle. I would have won if I played Carr. Uh, so thank you for his rip taint the week before. I was too nervous. And then I finished third uh, last year because bad luck again. Well, I needed to secure this buy. I was not confident that I would not get the buy if I lost two in a row. It came down to Julio Jones. I played Julio Jones, who didn't do shit the whole game. I needed four and a half points. And on in like the last 30 seconds, Julio Jones secured it with a hell of a catch. Yeah. Like that looked like a vintage Julio Jones reception. He ended up pulling it out for me. So shout out Julio. I love you still. You're still my favorite player. Beat Jacob for like what feels like the 17th time this year. And and secured that number one seed by uh, phenomenal, truly phenomenal. Well, I guess I could end up being number two, but either way, I have a buy, which leads me to the, my my first topic uh, today, Billy. Aside from this fucking beeping, also shout out to Bear Dogs coming from Twitch. You can head over there at Thomas Double FF yeah. on Twitch. I'm an affiliate now, so shout out. You can hit the follow button. You can hit the sub button if you want to. It helps me out. Helps me put out content just like this. You can help support us. So. Let's talk about how important it is to get the bye week. Some people say you don't need it. Other people say it's all that matters. What is your take on securing the bye? Yeah, I, I 
really don't understand the take of you don't need it. I like with, with the randomness that can happen any given week in fantasy football, how, how on earth are you going to turn down a free win on a bye week? It is absolutely, absolutely crucial. I see no other way around it. Like the, the level of importance that comes from being able to just sit down for a week, not have to worry about your players, not have to worry about, you know, your quarterback going out and throwing three picks. And because it's late in the season and he's a little beat up, they pull him out and you're now saying on negative six points with nothing to show for it. Instead of looking at that, you can relax, sit back and be more ready going into the next week. Obviously your players can still get hurt. Obviously all that can still happen, but the, the level of randomness that can occur like that injury that may happen that week, all of a sudden doesn't matter because you now have mm-hmm. a week to go on waivers and get someone else. Whereas if you were in that week and your running back goes down on the first drive, yeah, it's not good. Like I, I, I don't understand the argument that the buy doesn't matter. It's just like, you should try to do, and, and obviously it matters, right? Uh, it's how much does it matter? And I think it matters a lot. You can have your quarterback break his foot on the first drive. You can have Lamar Jackson play 10 snaps. And all of a sudden, your week looks completely different. You lose. Yeah. You lose. You can have you can have Derek Carr rip his taint. Uh, you can have Matthew Stafford drop back and twist his ankle. You can have Kenneth Walker average like 11 yards per carry and jam his foot, and now he's out. You, you can have a guy have a hamstring problem. On the first snap of the game, you don't know. You you have no idea what's going to happen. You can have an elite wide receiver, and all of a sudden, uh, guess what? That quarterback that was throwing on the ball, he's out. He's done. Yep. He's gone. And it changes everything. It completely shifts everything. I was worried as fuck about Christian McCaffrey when Brock Purdy came in. Oh, I was terrified. I'm like, there goes the offense. The I offense is bad. Purdy. Last pick of the draft is coming in now. I'm screwed. Hey, he found Christian McCaffrey and the offense marks for the Dolphins. Yeah, it's crazy. So many people are going to be relying on Brock Purdy now. Uh, I trashed Brock Purdy, mostly because he played at Iowa State. So I've watched him play Texas Tech for years. But I mean, that's I I gave a lot of trash to Brock Purdy in the pre-draft process. I was vindicated by the Mr. Relevant take. And I'm going to be cheering for him greatly watching him try and leave San Francisco. I think he looked fine. And um, the thing with San Francisco is a fine QB can win them a Super Bowl. I mean, how many games have they won without Garoppolo throwing a touchdown? Like that's. that's Yeah, exactly. They're, they're arguably one of the most complete teams in the league, not arguably with the one of qualifier, but I think you could make a strong claim that they're the most complete team in the league. Oh, yeah, and, they're the best team in the NFC, in my opinion. I'd give it to the Cowboys or the Eagles still. But, I mean, they they look if, so strong. If San Francisco had a quarterback now, I think they're the best team in the NFC. Well, yeah, and, I mean, if but we That's what put, I meant. Like, So, I don't know put, if If we put a bunch of pro bowlers on the Texans, they'd be the best team in the league, too. Like, it's I, – I mean, shoulda, woulda, coulda. I, I'm right now. I'm taking the uh, right now. I'm taking the Cowboys or the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Okay, interesting. Well, we're gonna make our predictions uh, coming up. 
in um, in a couple of weeks, which I can't wait for. Should be good. Um, look for me, it it's get the bye week at any cost. Yesterday, and I'll, I have an example. I have an example, and we don't like to go like, well, in my league, I did this, and I blah, 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 blah. I get it. Uh, that's that's not really what this is about, but it's kind of about that. We just want to have an example, so I'm not just like uh, talking out my ass. Um, in the full tilt uh, di- uh, Discord Dynasty League number one, because I'm already getting asked about more. Which, by the way, full tilt dis- full tilt Dynasty Discord Dynasty League number two will be created today. Uh, once this show is over, I am already being hounded about it on Twitter. And in the Discord, the people are relentless. So if you want in, the link is in my profile at FF. Join the Discord. Get in the league. It's going to be a great time. Um, I was playing a guy who was out of the playoffs. I was playing against Mike Evans. If I lost that game, I lost the bye week. I lost the, like, a, I, I wouldn't let I lost the bye week. Is that I wouldn't be guaranteed the bye week. I'd have to win in week 14. Okay. And I don't like that. So I yeah. traded for Mike Evans just so he couldn't have him in the lineup. I do not need Mike Evans. I do not want Mike Evans. I traded Elijah Moore in a second for Mike Evans. And I didn't need him. I just needed him out of that guy's wide receiver spot. Good evening, David. How you doing? How you living? How was your week 13? Um, I just wanted him out. Mm-hmm. And... Kieran couldn't play anyone else in his wide receiver spot. That is how far I'm willing to go to make sure I don't lose that game. Mike yeah. Evans didn't even end up scoring the 14 points he needed to, but I heard Lattimore was out and I was like, I got to make this trade. Like the value gained from, we, we talk about randomness uncertainty a lot on the show. Mm-hmm. The value gained from not having that is amazing. Look, mm-hmm. uh, it, it is so easy to go in that week and go, you know what? Whatever happens to my team, I am reducing the randomness that needs to occur for me to win this championship. My The guy I could have played could have had a player put, put up seven touchdowns. Wouldn't matter. Like yeah, the Alvin Kamara, you bastard. We do so much to reduce uncertainty in mm-hmm. this space. And like being able to do it in the most important time of the year is crucial. Like the, the buy is so important. Yep. And that's why you have to be willing to just go out and do it. You can't be too scared. It yeah. It is quite possibly the most important thing is to get that pie. Jacob, who's not here this week, he's studying, he's getting ready. He will be here next week. Uh, he said he is going to be here next week. Um, not here today studying. Um, he has had some of the best teams I've ever seen in the league. We always joke about the, the, the fat clan dynasty league, whatever yeah. it's called. Uh, he's had some of the best teams I've ever seen constructed lose because he didn't secure the buy. Yep. So like it, it can absolutely crush you. And let me tell you, there's almost nothing worse than being like damn near undefeated, losing one game all year. And you go out, you know, or losing two games you miss the bye and you lose in your first playoff game to a team that barely made it in. Yeah. I mean, it's the talk, worst feeling in the world. We, we talk all the time about the, any given Sunday of the a- aspect of the NFL yeah. right now, when you play fantasy, that any given Sunday is built into a lot of times when you're playing 
you know, against another player. That any given Sunday is built into 14 games across an entire week. So the level of like complexity that's added in on, you know, the worst team in the league could have an amazing game randomly. Mm -hmm. Like it just happens sometimes. What did did our boy Soap always say, right? There's 17 games in a season. There's four quarters in every game. And in those four quarters, there's 15 minutes. Anything can happen and you got to play it through. You can end up sitting here needing a week 14 win with Christian Watson, Justin Fields, and Jonathan Taylor on your team. They're all on a bye. GG's. Yep. Like, what are you what are you gonna do with so many injuries out? Yeah, like, this week 14 bye sucks. This whole the NFL should have stuck to a 16 game schedule, in my opinion. Side tangent here before we move on. 16 game schedule with two buys. So the season is still 18. Everyone gets two buys. All the buys are done by week 14. That's yeah. in my opinion how it should have went. Because teams that get the bye week, like, like what is it? First round of buys is what, week four? I think we get bye weeks. Week six. Week six, you get the first bye week. And then yeah. the teams get it then. And then another team gets it in like week 14. It's not balanced at all. Yeah. It's absolutely not. I think it's. No, I, I agree. It's balanced, but. And like they, that's something that I think needs to be fixed. Like in general, not not just not just being a fantasy football nerd wanting to be like, oh well, I deserve to, I deserve to be able to play my players anytime I want. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm um, out of my money, man. Yeah, 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 exactly. But like, oh, I love just, this name. Just oh, in general, currently sad Elijah Moore truther. Oh, that hurts. That hits me right here. I'm stuck in third in my favorite league, and my most critical losses have come in weeks that I've been top two, three in scoring. I love fantasy. That's what I'm talking about. Yep. It I, can I, I have a league with some of my closest friends. I'm currently number two in points four, and I'm six and seven. And I'm like on the bubble for the playoffs. Am I in that one? No, 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 no. This is, this is local friends. That hurts. That hurts. Um, Canada can be local <laughs> too. You know, it's called the interweb. Uh, really? Yeah, man. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks. I'm stuck in third in my favorite league. Um, that's why I did what I did. That's why I traded Elijah Moore in a two for Mike Evans. That's why to secure it. And I think if you don't have a trade deadline, there are leagues that do not have a trade deadline. You should still be trying to do that. Secure that spot no matter what. Don't leave it to chance. Get that spot yeah. and move on. You can recoup that second round pick in the off. Like as soon as you're done, you can recoup that second round pick. So yeah. don't don't be too. Uh, shy with it also everyone if you're watching look we have we had a crazy week of views on the youtube channel we love and appreciate every single one of you over over 70 percent of you are not subbed so if you're on youtube and you're watching hit that subscribe button it it helps us a lot it helps drive us up charts and algorithms you're all amazing uh it just if you want to help us create more content and more content you like to see hit that sub button uh, it goes a long way. It really does. Look, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play one of our most viewed clips from uh, last week's show. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to handle uh, some of the injury notes and who you can trust uh, moving forward. So sit tight. Enjoy the clip. Be right back. I'm going to take the guy I was the highest on amongst our entire group in the rookie draft. I'm going to take George Pickens here. I, I think he's one of the players that has shown out more and more. He, he's, I, I know, I know, I know. Uh, 
he he's a human highlight reel. The team is clearly comfortable enough moving away from to send Chase Claypool off to not be used in Chicago and to kind of use Pickens more than Deontay Johnson. I mean, as much as we want to jump on the, this train. But their targets, okay, but what do you mean use more? Like, Deontay has 94 targets. Pickens has 57. I, like, it's, yes, I I agree with that. It's like a lot but more. Let, let, every time a stat line comes out, Pickens is always the lean receiver on that team. Rip Chase Claypool, man. Yeah, that was a bad outcome for that because, you know, the next time Jacob sees you, he's going to be relentless after his one catch for two yard um, performance. So as yeah. long as you know that it's, it's, it might be rough. Oh, I I'm well aware. I mean, he's a rookie. We, I can't spend wait. more time on George Pickens here. I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait for the uh, people VRTDB on it. Um, Lamar Jackson was already very depressing uh, for your fantasy lineups. I've been talking about this uh, for weeks and he got hurt in the first 10 snaps. However, I want to say this. We know what Tyler Huntley is. And he came in and he operated the offense just fine. Because for some reason, Greg Roman simplifies the offense for him and not Lamar Jackson. Except for when he has James Prochet try to... Why are you letting James Prochet throw the ball downfield to Kenyon Drake? Like, why? <clears throat> it just... I don't know. who Was it Letter, Lenny that threw it to Tom Brady? A couple weeks ago, yeah, I, that's more excusable or less I mean, excusable. They were driving, they were down, and he let James Prochet run this play with a backup into the I, end zone. Like I, I think. Uh, anyway, I think, don't I, quote I, me on this. I think James Prochet did play quarterback. They were saying uh, on the broadcast that James Prochet, there was no place anywhere listed where he's ever thrown a pass. Okay. So take that for what you will. Anyway, 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 the Baltimore offense has been a nightmare. However, what this means, we're going to get into some injury and some league winner right here. Mark Andrews, who has been good, not great so far this season, in my opinion, he's been very good, not great. Uh, his target share with Tyler Huntley, major difference. Tyler Huntley only targets Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews immediately jumps into league winner status here. Their schedule looks pretty good. Um, and again, he has been, he'd been kind of hovering around the like Pat Fryermuth range of outcomes recently. Like if he didn't score, he's, he's the second tight end in points per game this year at 14 points per game. That's a stark difference from 17 points per game. So he's back to kind of his 2020 numbers, not his 2021 numbers. But he has a 27.9% target share right now. I expect his target share to jump up to well over 30. I'm expecting a 35% target share with Tyler Huntley. And if you've been able to um, get Mark Andrews kind of on the cheap-ish, which I've been able to accomplish, and if you have no trade deadline, I would be targeting Mark Andrews if somehow he's on a bad team. And I would be paying up. Their schedule moving forward is nice. Um, except they do play Pittsburgh this week. I, do, I don't like that. But outside Pittsburgh's of that. Fine. Pittsburgh has been a bad defense. 
Yeah, backup quarterback, though. You don't really know. But anyway, I, I'm declaring that my fantasy football championship league winner is going to be Mark Andrews. I think he's back because okay. he hasn't really had the blow-up games, though. I know it sounds funny to say. No, but- I, it's just funny to declare a league winner like a championship winner on a guy that's currently the number two at his position. Sure, but like, let's look. Tight end 50, 24, 12. No, I agree. I agree with all that. Just the, the concept of that is very funny. Like, he's he's either been number one, which is early in the season, right? Those are those big blow-up games for Lamar Jackson. 25 points, 28 points, and he had a 22 and a 23. Those are great. Has not done it since week six. You know, he got hurt, so he, he had 0.4 points. 6.3, 12.3, 11, 9.4. You're getting Pat Fryermuth out of Mark Andrews. So now you're going from that situation with how it was with Lamar Jackson, and now you're getting an increased target share. I understand that Tyler Huntley's not Lamar Jackson. He's not as good. I'm not sitting like I'm not gonna sit here and be like, the Ravens shouldn't sign Lamar Jackson because they have Tyler Huntley. That's not what I'm saying. But in the games last year, Tyler Huntley played, Mark Andrews' production skyrocketed. The reason Mark Andrews finished as the tight end one last year was because of Tyler Huntley, not Lamar Jackson. So you're going from a guy who's getting a, man, you could play Gerald Everett in the same spot for the same outcome to I think he's at Travis Kelsey territory for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's Mark Andrews. He's the... If he's not the best tight end in the league, he's the second best tight end in the league. Like I, I am obviously not going to have a problem with this, this take here. Mark Andrews is very good at football. You should be starting him if you have him. Like I, I got nothing else to add on this. This feels like a very, very easy to swallow. But I just wanted to explain it because it's very easy to be like Christian McCaffrey is going to win you a week. That's not what I'm talking. There's actually a reason when you really dig into it. Points per game is a great tool, uh, but it doesn't tell the entire story. You got to look a little deeper. And since week six, it has been tough uh, to roster Mark Andrews. So I'm ready to play Tyler Huntley and Mark Andrews in my playoff spots. I'm going to be doing that in your league, Billy, but I want to know who your uh, potential league winner is going to be this year. Yeah, there, there's a couple of them. Um, if we want to talk like actually kind of deep down the line, um, I mean, like some of these guys just have a very, very, very strong schedule. What One of my favorite ones, at least the, the first two weeks of playoffs, is Isaiah Pacheco. Um, mm. he, he's got Denver this week, which sucks. Yes. Then he plays Houston which, I mean, Isaiah Pacheco can have two runs for 120 yards against Houston. Easy. He plays Seattle. Uh, easy. That one's going to be completely fine. Then Denver again is championship, which kind of sucks. But, I mean, Pacheco could get you to your fantasy championship. Oh, and the- I, think, I think you're right. I mean, if, yeah. it were, if it were Kenneth Walker playing Houston this week, I think you would be stoked. And I'm yeah. not saying that Pacheco is as good as K-Walk, uh, but he's at least 80% of Kenneth Walker. If you, if you look at Kenneth Walker's success rate to Isaiah Pacheco's oh, yeah. success rate running the football. So like, I think yeah. you're right. Pacheco, Pacheco could have 200 plus yard games back to back in Kansas city. Easy. Piece. Yeah. 
other really good takes. Um, Ramondre Stevenson has a like just the Patriots in general have a phenomenal schedule going down the stretch. I mean, Arizona, Vegas, Cincinnati, Miami, like given what Ramondre Stevenson has turned into for that offense, he's going to get so much love there. Um, if they can turn it around a little bit, which I don't know what they do. Maybe this is a Greg Dulcich take more than anything else. The Broncos have a very good schedule. Um, I mean, Kansas City, Arizona, the the Rams, and then Kansas City again. Right. Like, that. that's a strong schedule. There's going to be shootouts. Um, I, I'm a lot more focused on, like, teams. Like, it, and, like, a lot of these teams right now are making a strong playoff push. I think one of the teams that's going to make the strongest playoff push might be, this feels crazy to say, the Detroit Lions. Oh, yes. And, and they have such a nice schedule. Minnesota next week, right. which I don't know how many people realize this. They opened as point and a half favorites over the Vikings, which is insane. Yep. Then they have the Jets, and they Carolina, did. and Chicago. Like the The Lions have been deceptively good this year. And I, I tweet about this, like they, they've taken so many of the best teams in the league and only lost by like three to five points to them. Like they've been so good. So guys like Amon Ra, maybe Jamison Williams to an extent, um, if he can kind of get a larger snap share. I mean, he came off an ACL last week, so I'm not going to jump on that too much. But guys like DeAndre Swift, J- Jamal Williams, even DJ Chark, who's could still be on dynasty waivers in some of your leagues. Oh, yeah, I, good week. All of those guys, I would be so excited to pick up because I mean, Jared Goff is playing for a contract right now. Sure. My only problem is the Jets are very good against quarterbacks. Very good against quarterbacks. They are a nightmare matchup. They are top two, top three in uh, points allowed, uh, uh, schedule adjusted points allowed at quarterback. And it's in New York. So sure. your week, your week. 15 your week 16 probably not going to be too great because jared goff is basically the quarterback version of amari cooper for home and away but the panthers hopefully it's good enough weather and they are a rough enough defense that he could still have a great game i love the championship matchup championship matchup lions versus bears phenomenal yeah the thing with the lions is i kind of take away the tough matchup measurement for them i mean jared goff he that that's what Jared Goff is like uh, Jared Goff isn't a QB one he's at best the QB 16 like that that's but what benefits them is these really tough matchups because the Lions don't quit I mean they hang they hung I I don't have the stats on me right now let me pull up the Detroit Lions schedule but they took the best teams in the league and dropped, you know, 30, 40 points on them. I mean, we can run down the list. 45 against the Seahawks, 35 against the Eagles, the goose to the Patriots, six to the Giants, then 27 on the Dolphins. I mean, like they sure. they play well in tough matchups. And sure. I like I think they have a situation where Minnesota and the Jets are so good that the Lions don't have a choice. They have to like score and throw the ball. And to an extent, maybe maybe they are going to have some serious success doing that. Then you have the absolute flip side where the Panthers and Bears 
are so bad on defense, which is crazy to say for both of them, less so about the Panthers, but the Bears are atrocious right now, where they're just going to benefit from that. Like, I, I'm completely fine playing Lions players down the stretch. Sure, but let me let me just let me ask you this though, because I think Jared Goff, the home and away, really does matter more. At home with Philly, he had 19 points. Home with Washington, 34 points. At Minnesota, only 16. Uh, home to Seattle, 42. At New England, six. Uh, at Dallas, three and a half. Uh, home to Miami, 20. Home to Green Bay, 16. Uh, at Chicago, only 15. At the Giants, six. The games at uh, home to Buffalo, home to Jacksonville, 21 and 25. So you're right. He did have some stinkers, but those were all on the road. Oh, sure. So, I, I'm, and so I, let me ask you this then. Let me ask you this then. Away, Jared Goff in New York, because this is your playoff push, or do you want Tyler Huntley? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Who, against, Tyler? against Cleveland. Uh, Huntley against Cleveland and Atlanta, or Jared Goff with the Jets and Carolina in those two spots? Oh, I don't want to. Because these these are le- these are legitimate questions. A lot of people have Tyler Huntley on their bench, so th- some people are really going to be asking this question. Myself, like I think, given what the QB position is, Jared Goff and where the lines are in their season, Jared Goff is consistently going to have a floor of fifteen points, like in this playoff push, because they're going to need like a lot of those games. The problem is they just didn't throw the ball. I mean, go back and look at those, those away games, Jared Goff. I mean, 26 to against the giants, 26 against the bears, 26 against Dallas, which is just a funny trend. And I mean like 35 against new England, but even then, like they, I, I think, I think confidently I would play Jared Goff over Tyler Huntley rest of the season. Okay, interesting. We disagree there. But I think I'm I'm looking at at this point we're late in the season and I think this is where the disparity is really coming from for the two of us. At this point in the season, we have enough data and again, we we're playing a game. We're going to we have two questions in the chat we're going to answer right away. So sit tight, Sad Elijah Moore Truther. I love that name. And uh David, we will we'll answer these right away. But um I think for us, I'm going to look at the data. I'm going to look at the matchup because we have enough of that to take away some of the variants. Uh, you're playing them because we know what they are. I get it. I think that's where we're having the disparity. The The thing is, like, I I think Jared Goff is going to I, – I mean, I completely acknowledge that there is that floor there. I think it is a lot more likely Tyler Huntley is going to go out there and stink it up versus a team like Atlanta than I would having Jared Goff against like on the road against Carolina. Like, I, I really think that's just where my level of confidence is. I would trust the floor of Jared Goff over the, the floor of Tyler Huntley and talking about that randomness, randomness I was talking about last, like a couple minutes ago, I would rather buy into the lack of randomness with Jared Goff and win my league in other roster spots than trying to, I don't want to say outsmart myself, but outsmart myself by putting in a guy like Tyler Huntley, trying to maybe gain another six points. 
Okay, fair. You know what? I appreciate that's I understand that. I disagree, but I I completely understand your point. Uh, David, let's answer your question first. Would Tua be a good pickup for a forced trade league? I would have to give up Fournette, Zeke, or Aaron Jones. Yes. Is this a super flex? If you already have two quarterbacks, then I would say no. Try to go somewhere else. If this is a super flex, yeah, absolutely pick up Tua. 100% pick up Tua. Tua was my favorite. My Well, not my favorite. My favorite buy of the offseason was Tyreek. I made that quite clear on the walkabout. Number two, Tua. Started taking him in the fourth and fifth rounds. I got laughed at, and he's balling. He's worked his way up to like a high second round startup pick, even going in the first round sometimes. So that value accrued. The thing um, with Tua is like that team is set with their offense yeah. for the foreseeable future. Yep. The place where they're going to fall off is their defense. Yep. Like their defense is and older, and they have a lot of money tied off. And we so, want. That. Exactly. That, that's what I'm saying. In the near future, their defense is only going to get worse. And in that case, Tua's going to have to win a lot more shootouts. And with the offensive weapons he has, he can. So I I also, if you want to play a fun game, go on Pro Football Reference right now and look at passing stat leaders and just extend all of them and laugh at how many things Tua leads the league in. Oh, he's been great. He's been phenomenal. And one of the, th- one of the thing is uh, – uh, shout out to the fantasy footballers. Uh, this is where I got this. Uh, the f- people who say Tyreek is going to fall off. Deshaun Jackson is the like second fastest, second fastest recorded time in the NFL. He's thirty six. I don't yeah. think Tyreek Hill's skill set, barring like a gross injury, is going to go away. That's going to be great and for Tua. Like the thing is, Dude. the thing is, I don't think Tyreek Hill needs his current skill set to win the way that they're winning in Miami. Sure. Like they're, they are using Tyree kill in, in a way very similar to what San Francisco is using with Debo. Like they they're throwing it short at like how many completions this year. Have you seen trend on Twitter where Tua throws a 15, 20 yard pass to Tyree kill down the middle and just no one touches him. Like yeah. he, his, his ability is so much more his shiftiness. That is just a straight line speed. Like I, I'm all for. I think Tyreek is going to be great for the next probably yep. three, four years at least. Yep. So to answer this question, would Tua be a good pickup? Yes, if it is a super flex. If it is not a super flex, you already have another version of Tua and Joe Burrow. And especially and- if it's a dynasty league, yeah. I would give all those running backs for Tua in the fastest heartbeat. A second, yeah. What type of piece do you think I'd have to add on to Tua Schultz? To get Dak Andrews, I think the other guy sees a decent gap between two and Dak, but it start uh, two tight end. He likes Dak more, or he likes Tua more because I would take Tua over Dak personally. Um, it's a two QB dynasty, but Tua is my QB three. Other tight end is Njoku. Who the hell are you? Other quarterbacks? God, yeah, he's damn. He's um, good. I would give up whatever you had to. Uh, that may sound like a kind of a flimsy answer, but the upgrade from Schultz to Andrews in a dynasty league is on. I think Ferguson is a starting tight end at Dallas next year. Ferguson has been just as good as Schultz with the ball in his hand and they don't need to pay Schultz the money. So I think Ferguson will be there. I think Schultz walks because he's already been tagged. So yeah, I, 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 I'm trading I, two ones. If I have to, I'm tra- trade whatever you have to, to go and get um, to Andrews. I don't know if I do that. It is like, a start I, two tight end league. You said 
I yeah. think I saw that. Start two tight end league. Yeah, absolutely I would. I, I wouldn't is an early two pick. I would definitely do that. I if, wouldn't add two first onto I, I think the gap between Tua and Dak is good enough. Like I I don't think yeah, you need to what, add that. Yeah. Oh, I, I I don't think it's a wash. I think I'd take Tua well over back in my eyes. They but, went damn near back to back in the last startup I did. Yeah, but I mean, it, like okay. he said, if, if he sees a good gap between Tua and Dak, like well, he I, said the other guy, he says the other guy sees. Yes, that, that's so if he doesn't, then it doesn't matter. You need to pay up to get that gap between Andrews and Schultz. That the uh, yeah, quarterback yeah. swap shouldn't matter. Sure, I like Tua a lot more. Like I, I would be okay. cautious. Like Dak, Dak is very good. The, the problem is I think he's just limited in where a lot of the money is in Dallas. I mean, they, they invested quite a bit right now. They have a lot of money tied up and there is a chance. I'm not saying it's a big chance, but there is a chance that a lot of their key pieces are not there in three, four years, especially guys like CD lamb who potentially could be asking for a good paycheck when quite frankly, the, I mean, as much as we love CD lamb on the show, when you compare him against some of the other guys in that draft class and that have come out since him, he just hasn't performed at that level. So I, I don't see a guy like CD lamb getting a bag at the level that what Justin Jefferson is probably about to get. Sure, but I think the biggest part for me is if he says that Tua is his third quarterback, then dropping down and being willing to pay up for the gap between Schultz and Andrews when you're not valuing Tua as much as you might need to, you're sacrificing his value to pick up Dak as your third QB to gain a top 10 dynasty asset, which I believe Mark Andrews to be. Like I have Mark Andrews over Kyle Pitts as my dynasty tight end one. I did last year and I'll have it again this year. Like if if you can get that game busting player for a quarterback you're again, you're not even playing. He's your third option in your opinion, then yeah, you should absolutely add literally whatever that guy wants. Yeah, I I just I think two first is quite a bit. I mean, I I think two first is probably Andrew's value straightforward. Like I, I'd be, I am pretty confident you could add like one of the kind of consistent wide receiver twos that are saying in the draft right now and be happy with that. Like, I, I think that guy would be completely fine taking that. Okay. If he isn't, it's a different, it's a different statement, but I mean, right. Like, even if you want to say to and Dak is a wash, fine. I, I don't think it is, but if that's what they're saying, it is fine. I think Schultz, as much as we want to talk about him not going to Dallas, he is going to go get paid somewhere. He's going to be a tight end in the future. Njoku is locked up in Cleveland. Like, I I just, I wouldn't shoot myself in the foot moving so much draft capital on top of a usable tight end for Andrews. Like, uh, that that's, I'd be so much more apt to take those two first and go upgrade somewhere else than the tight end position, especially when you have two usable tight ends there. Interesting. For me, the, the in the two tight end, I want to pay up for that, Mark Andrews. But again, everyone's micro market is different. Yeah. So I'm saying but, if you if you have to move those two ones to get them, I'd still do it. Uh, 
but as Billy said, maybe you don't have to start slow and work your way up. Let us let us yeah, know. I really don't think you need to. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I I would be so happy to add Elijah Moore onto that trade and get done. Oh. <laughs> Well, of course, uh, of course you would. Dalton Schultz currently the key trade cut tight end uh, eight, eight. That's not a, that's not bad actually. That's not that's not bad. Um, yeah. Look, but I mean that's the tight end position too. David Njoku missed what four games and he's the th- he's a tight end one. Like yes. that's just the position. It's really it's really bad news, Bears. Um, look, we have covered. Uh, who we think our league winners are going to be. We've covered how important the bye week is going to be. We've covered the Jackson and Huntley injury. Um, obviously, you want to keep note of all injuries. It all is all crucially important, but the Seattle backfield, uh, you can kiss that goodbye. I don't think Kenneth Walker is really going to come back um, and really help you too much, maybe in the championship, but that's a hell of a gamble. But uh, lots of injuries. You're not here listening to our show for injury news. I just really wanted to hit that Lamar Jackson injury because obviously a lot of teams are affected. A lot of people are out of the playoffs now because of that game and just oh, how to shit. move forward. Colton Met is the tight end five. Yeah, he had those a couple just <laughs> massive games. Oh, that was standard, not PPR. Okay, that no, makes okay. a lot more sense. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, look, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Tennessee firing their GM, and we're going to close it out with a fun game about Baker Mayfield, uh, and then we'll give you our underdog picks that I forgot to do at the top of the show because this stupid fucking beeping has been going on. It's been driving me nuts. Trying to get through it. We're going to get through it. <laughs> Thanks for sitting tight. Remember, hit that subscribe button. When we come back, we're going to talk the Tennessee Titans GM firing. Super random. Enjoy. I'm taking Chris Olave at 102. Um, he's He's an alpha receiver. I think that he's shown that. I think he's done everything he could possibly do. He's doing it with less than amazing quarterback play, to be honest with you. he I thought maybe he would be the outside guy. I thought maybe he would be just a deep guy. No, nah, he's a do-everything guy. He is a, He's red zone. He is what he is, which is elite. He's run 336 routes. He has the best PFF receiving grade. He's averaging 14.2 points per game, highest in this rookie class. Uh, just down the, just down across the board, elite player, and not just for a rookie, as just a general wide receiver. Ooh, he's good. That guy, that Chris Olave. Ooh, he's pretty good. Pretty damn good. All right, look, the Tennessee Titans have fired John Robinson uh, after getting absolutely dog walked by the player that he traded. <laughs> um, yeah. Got absolutely dog walked by him. And this might come as a surprise, but I feel like since 2016, his drafts have been very uh, hit or miss and more miss than hit. So check this out. In 2016, his first pick was Jack Conklin, then Kevin Dodd, Austin Johnson. Kevin Dodd, Austin Johnson, nobody's. Then he grabbed Derrick Henry uh, in the second. Phenomenal pick. Kevin Byard, phenomenal pick. Your boy, Tajay Sharp, all right, didn't do much. Outside of that, not a whole lot to be desired. 2016, they really started to establish at that point, although the DeMarco Murray handling situation, not great. So there was that uh, there with them. Then at the fifth pick, they picked Corey Davis. Then they picked Adoree Jackson. Two bus. Taiwan Taylor, not great. Jay and Brown was played very well for them for a while. 
Uh, Corey Levin, just not a lot here either. 2018, Rashawn Evans, very good player. Harold Landry, also very good player. Not bad. Both kind of hurt, inconsistent, not game breakers. Let's talk about the year after that. 2019, Jeffrey Simmons. Okay, player. Bit of a pain in the ass to other teams. All right, not bad. Not a game breaker. Also, that's a high pick for a nose tackle that doesn't provide much more than run stuffing. A.J. Brown in the second round. This was a home run pick. Nate Davis, Amani Hooker. Uh, again, outside of A.J. Brown, not, not great. Okay, now we're moving on to 2020. Uh, Isaiah Wilson, uh, cut. He's not even there anymore. Uh, not great. He's not in the uh, league. Uh, even worse, Fulton, Evans. Like, we're not getting – and look, I know some of the sixth and seventh round guys might hit for a little bit, but that's not what gets you noticed as much as missing these early elite picks. Like, these are absolutely terrible. And they're still winning, which I think is more on Vrabel than anything else. Then 2021, Caleb Farley, um, Radunes at tackle, Monty Rice, Elijah Molden, Des Fitzpatrick. And then it's just, he's a bad drafter and it is sinking this team more and more. Um, They can only ride Derrick Henry to so many wins. I find it hard to think that this should come as an absolute surprise. And it's not a surprise when they got absolutely fucking dog walked by the player they let go. Traylon Burks has been great. Traylon Burks has been very good as a rookie. Before I hand it over to you, Billy, also shut up. Uh, not shut up. Shout out. Um, Alyssa, uh, much love to you. Thanks for popping in. That's uh, that's over there on Twitch where you can go at Tom FF. I would never tell you to shut up. Um, I think paying Derrick Henry ultimately sealed his fate because that's why they had to let A.J. Brown walk. Say what you want, but I don't think a running back should be your highest paid player on your team. Ever. Uh, and I think it's hurting him. And I think it hurt him so bad he lost his job. So I want to get Billy... Your thoughts here. We covered his draft. What else stands out to you from John Robinson's time in Tennessee? And how does this affect fantasy moving forward? I am so upset. I've been trash talking the Titans drafting for years. We finally get a chance to talk about it on the show. And you jump in and run down everything I've been saying these last couple years. I had to let the people know. I had to let the people know. Look, it's it's really easy to like go through these previous drafts of other teams and pick and choose like a lot of these picks that have been bad. That's really straightforward to do, but it it's really hard to say because inherently the general management has made fundamentally bad choices. Like it's, we, we can say all we want about, you know, this prospect should have been good. Didn't hit whatever. Caleb Farley was coming off a very severe injury coming out of Virginia Tech. Since then, this season, he has only played 72% or 70% defensive snaps once. He has not, besides that one game, which was week two against Buffalo, he has not surpassed uh more he has not surpassed more than 45% defensive snaps again. Like that, that is that guy was your round one pick, 2022. He took a defensive tackle in Dylan Raddins coming out of the draft the next year. Dylan Raddins, you know what? Fine pick. You you have a tackle 
who is actually like playing for four games this year where he played all of his snaps. He's a little bit beat up. Fine. Like uh, a lot of this comes from, I mean, we can play this game all we want. Look at the Titans right now outside of Derrick Henry. How many players on the Titans can you clarify as part of the reason why they made the playoffs last year? Yeah. That came from the Titans. That is homegrown talent from the Titans. Yeah. Like we're the number one seed last year. And outside of Elijah Molden, I don't think any one of their 2021 draft picks continued or contributed even slightly. I'm pretty sure Des Fitzpatrick was cut before the season. Like that, that's a fourth round pick, a fourth round pick. Keep in mind this year probably would have bought you a Mari Cooper. Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, we could keep pushing down outside of that 2019 draft class where they got Simmons, AJ Brown, Nate Davis, like the last, since then they have not had a single draft pick that like is consistently a contributor on the team outside of Maybe Chris well, Evans, right? Rashad Evans. They did resign. Um, I think it was Evans, one of their outside linebackers. Rashad Evans was in 2018. Yeah. Um, so like he he was before that. But I mean the Titans, they're they do not get their contributors from the draft. It makes sense that he was fired. I think the timing is weird, and I think that might cause some hiccups in fantasy. But I mean the the recipe for the Titans is what it's been. They are going to run the ball with Derrick Henry. They can do that with or without their general manager. And if they make Ryan Tannehill throw the ball, which they can, I mean, it's it's going to fall back on Derrick Henry. They didn't this last week because that's not the Titans formula when they get down. They can't play from behind. And, I mean, that, that's that's who the Titans are. Like, I, I don't see this having a huge effect in fantasy overall. I think in the long run it might. But for the rest of the season, your playoff run, I wouldn't stress too much about this. I'll tell you why I think it matters for fantasy next year. I saw a mock draft with Bijan going in the first round to Tennessee, and I didn't hate that at all because they can just replicate their Derek. Not saying Bijan's going to be Derek Henry, but you're going to take the best running back in the draft and slowly phase out your aging running back and limit his touches, kind of like the, the DeMarco Murray situation and the the Chris, what happened with Chris Johnson as well. Um, I, I think that would have been fine. I don't think that pick gets made. I think one of the other big problems John Robinson had with this team and why I'm concerned for Tennessee moving forward for being a good team. We want a good team. That what makes a good team good for fantasy. Um, let's look at some of the free agents he thought would be good to, to bring in. Like these are bad decisions. Bryce McCain, he brought in, it, it's a lot of patchwork, right? Richard Matthews. Um, Oh my goodness. Um, Jonathan Cyprin, not great. Eric Decker, uh, they paid him decent money. Logan Ryan made big money with this team. That did not work out, obviously. Uh, that was very piss poor. Malcolm Butler also paid a heavy chunk of change. Did not work out for the team, set them back. Uh, they signed a big contract to Dion Lewis. That obviously didn't work out. Kendrick Lewis did not work out. These are just uh, Kenny Vaccaro. They just try to patchwork things on this team, and it's absolutely failed them. I think Tennessee is heading for a blow-up rebuild uh, as soon as Derrick Henry shows that he's not the game-breaker. And 
we've shown that he hasn't been exactly able to carry them uh, on his own to wins even this year. So we're going to see what's going to happen. I'm concerned yeah. for a blow up. Um, I I am a lot more worried about not necessarily the future prospects, but just the future in Tennessee for Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I, I would put money on him not being on the roster next year and Derrick Henry still being on it. And even two years in the future, like I, Ryan Tannehill is getting paid a pretty hefty chunk of change. I'm pretty sure he's in like the top. I want to say the top, like mm-hmm. six salaries in the league at the quarterback position. He's number one in terms of cap hit this year. He's getting paid a ton. He has the highest base salary in the league this year. Like I, I could see them very possibly moving on from Ryan Tannehill next year. They have a potential out this year, which would put 18, 18 million in dead cap beyond right. that. Like I, but that's also I, why go ahead. Sorry. I'll let you finish. I, I'm just going to say, I, I think with the amount of talent, in the draft this year, I could see the Titans flat out going in and looking at some of these bad teams that don't need a draft pick, or even some of these players, these teams that got lucky with their, their draft picks. They obtained a first and the team went horrible and saying, you know what? Do you want Ryan Tannehill? Like we're sure Ryan Tannehill is not, I think Ryan Tannehill is a fine quarterback. I think he's an NFL quarterback. I don't think he's winning anyone a Super Bowl on his back. He's not Mahomes. We know he isn't Mahomes. I think mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill is just as fine a quarterback as someone like Kirk Cousins. Sure. But I mean, what's he going to do with Nick Westbrook Akine? What, what's he going to do with any other mm-hmm. one of the guys on that roster? Like I, I think the Titans would be very smart to get out of that contract, move him to a team like, uh, I mean, I don't want to say Seattle, but they're the first one that come to my mind. Detroit is another well, one. Seattle's got the MVP on their team right now. Uh, they should, he should be considered for it, but I, he's not. But like Detroit is another one where they lucked into potentially having the 102 this year. Sure, like I, I'd be so much more comfortable moving him to there and trying to get an early draft pick. And, you know, Brian Tannehill, Tannehill and a second probably gets you a pretty good draft pick in this class. Sure. and then make a, Which, but, keep in mind, is like the exact opposite of what they did with Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's, like, that's why I'm worried about them for fantasy. So Ryan Tannehill gets yeeted to another team. He's off the team. Yay! He's gone. Okay, and now you're sitting with, I don't know, a late one draft pick in the draft, which whoever that's going to be. The NIL deals are already keeping guys in college. It's thinning out the 23 draft class. Sure. Okay. Well, you drafted Malik Willis in what the third round we've seen Malik Willis. Malik Willis is not going to be good for fantasy for Traylon Burks, uh, unless there's a massive year two leap. So that's bad for fantasy, which worst is possible, quarterback dude. play work. Worst quarterback play means worse offense, which means bad for Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is great. 29, 30 year old Derrick Henry with a, stacked box every single play he might break a couple but he's going to end up being schedule dependent more than he's been even this year so then i am petrified for fantasy if they let Tannehill walk and they they do get out of that contract and they do kind of blow it up and they roll with what they have right now i am terrified at that point so i think this could have major fantasy implications if it goes 
that way. I don't think it will go that way because I don't think Vrabel's going to want to sit there and lose after dominating that division for like three straight years. Vrabel so we'll deserves the, the coach of the year award. 100%. He's deserved it the last like three years. I mean, Dayball's going to win it, and Dayball probably should win it, but Mike Vrabel has deserved to win this I, for the last couple of years. I could not agree more. Look, we're going to take a quick second when we come back. Actually, I really enjoyed that insight on the Tennessee Titans' future. Could be a lot there going into the offseason. Um, the only other point that we did not make that I wanted to make, they fired him early, which could be good for their draft process. So yeah. GMs that get fired late, it kind of messes up the draft process. There's a lot that goes into it. Now they can start their search, get their targets, and start working. So I actually do very much like that for them. We're going to take a quick second. We come back. We're going to close this out with our underdog picks and our – Little bonus Baker Mayfield uh, quarterback carousel game. Not going to want to miss that. Going to be a great time. Sit tight. Enjoy the clip. The guy's just been legitimately good. It's like a small sample size in terms of what, you know, when I was referencing all of those fancy abbreviations in terms of, uh, you know, things that I'm trying to beat people over the head with that they may or may not care about. But what we've seen out of Christian Watson, 144 routes total. So keep that in mind. When we're talking about these other guys, Chris, George yeah. Pickens up over 400 routes. Alave and Wilson have run over 300. Derek London, 287. So there's a lot of volatility what we've seen in Christian Watson. But what we have seen is awesome. 2.45 yards per route run. Uh, rookies historically over two yards per route run is a really, really strong signal. He's over that along with Alave and Traylon Burks. 0.236 targets per run. That's second highest in the class. Uh, and 11.3 points per game. So he's been scoring the third most points per game among rookie wide receivers, despite barely playing in his first stretch of game. Yeah. Uh, Christian Watson. Two more touchdowns. Absolutely unbelievable. Like the men's touchdown variance is carrying so many people. And I know a lot of people are going to be big sad that they can't uh, rely on him this week. Look, as I mentioned before, we are powered and presented by not only fantasy points, but underdog fantasy as well. And I understand there are good weeks and there are bad weeks for parlays. Nothing is perfect. But remember, when you play with us and our picks, we win with you and we lose with you. So remember that when you're coming at our DMs, We've lost two, all right? It happens, okay? Not too often, all right? We like to keep our losing to a minimum and our winning a little higher, but sometimes there's nothing we can fucking do about it because variance. But this week, I think we have come up with a couple of absolute smash plays, Billy, and because Jacob is not here, I took the liberty to pick for him. Uh, all right, so you do yours this, first because I'm pulling some stats for mine. Sure. If this one doesn't hit, remember, blame Jacob. This is Jacob's pick. That's at Jacob Sanderson on Twitter. Uh, I don't care if I made it up, but blame him for this. This one's coming out of him. Uh, also, last week, uh, we had an over on Vanilla Vic. Uh, his, oh no, that was before. Never mind. We didn't do Vanilla Vic last week. Okay. Uh, so, my first, J- Jacobs this week, t- talking about the Tennessee Titans, we're going to carry that over. This beep is super distracting. I don't know. Cozy Mod does it. Shout out, Cozy. Uh, but at Jacob, Sanderson on Twitter says Derek Henry is absolutely going to crush his 91 and a half yard rushing total on underdog. Look, there's just some certainties in life that you, you know, are going to hit Jared Goff is going to play well at home. We talked about that earlier. You always play T Y Hilton against Houston. That's always going to smash. That was the one I was trying to think of that. And earlier. You, 
always play Derrick Henry against the Jacksonville Jaguars. It is just, it is, it is milk and cookies. It is just, you absolutely do it every single time. It's grilled cheese and tomato soup. It's just combinations that absolutely hit every single time. So we love Derrick Henry at 91 and a half rushing yards. We're taking the over. Uh, and for my pick, because remember that was Jacob Sanderson's pick, not mine. My pick this week is I am taking the Josh Jacobs over 20 and a half receiving yards. Oh, he's hurt. Well, the last two weeks, he's been pretty fucking good for fantasy, scoring over 70 points in PPR leagues. I think that he once again does well in the receiving game. 20 and a half yards seems pretty easy for me in this matchup with the Raiders. They need to throw the ball. Uh, and Derek Carr's actually been not too terrible. So, Josh Jacobs over 20 and a half receiving yards. We're taking that. Billy? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take Isaiah Pacheco's under on his rushing yards. Look, he's going up against Denver. Denver is a phenomenal defense. They're one of the best defenses we have seen since maybe like the 2018 Bears, the 2020 Patriots. Like, they are so, so strong. And I think we need to, like, start appreciate come on tom talk about the ravens the 2000 baltimore ravens are the best defense of all time i was talking about 2018 just because i say defense doesn't mean you need to talk about the ravens yes we do we've been doing this show for three years so pacheco (laughs) pacheco is last two weeks has only put up just barely over what his current line is in 63 and a half yards the Chiefs are going to have to throw to, I mean, even score against the Denver Broncos offense. Like, that's what they're going to have to rely on. I think there's the potential that they get a lead and they know Denver can't score and they just run Pacheco for the rest of the game. But his efficiency has gone down significantly from where it was when he first took over for CEH. There's the potential of Melvin Gordon starting to work his way in a little bit more. And I, I just, like... Everything is kind of working against Pacheco here, and it feels like 63 and a half yards is closer to where his ceiling is, and I don't want to bet on that. No, that's fair. I think the I think the time for Isaiah Pacheco is going to be after this week. I think after this week, you just smash Isaiah Pacheco all the way through the playoffs till, till the championship uh, game. Uh, I absolutely love those. So those are our picks. We're taking the over on Derrick Henry, 91 and a half. We're taking over Josh Jacobs on 20 and a half receiving yards. We're taking the under on Isaiah Pacheco, 63 and a half. If these don't hit Blaine Jacob because he's the one that's not here. He, he wasn't here to stop us. Solid picks. Who chooses education over fantasy football? I don't know. That seems like a whack-ass choice to me. Yeah, well, you're also a super smart person. God damn it. I need to get my, my I, need to go back to, I need to go back to school to get my GPA up to actually be able to talk to you guys. Like this is ridiculous. That is why uh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Look, you came up with a very interesting question about Baker Mayfield. And I thought there'd be no better way to close out this show than for me to be able to gloat that Sam Darnold took Baker Mayfield's job in one game. Oh my God. Oh, phenomenal. The downfall of Baker Mayfield. Look, I don't want to see anyone fail specifically, but the people that ignorantly backed Baker Mayfield deserve every single second of this. Phenomenal. He joins the Rams, and you asked in the FNL League of Record chat how many quarterbacks you would prefer over Baker Mayfield right now. Yeah. Fantasy or not, just straight-up quarterbacks across the league, I want you to run through the list 
and I will say yes or no. Yeah, I got in a heavy debate with one of my coworkers about this who said Baker Mayfield is still a top, I think he said 25 QB in the league. And just playing the game, I pulled up my phone, pulled up the divisions, and just started running through the quarterbacks on each division. So to play this game with, Tom, I'm just going to read off players, and Tom's is just going to tell me if he wants Baker Mayfield over those players. So not a lot of of analysis going in. It's just yes or no. Would I prefer it uh, one way or the other, fantasy or not? Because the answer for fantasy is I always want anyone rushing and pretty much anyone that can throw the ball right now. So we're going overall in a vacuum. So And also keep in mind, this is from my original message where I just ran through the divisions on Google. So there's no rhyme or reason to the order of this. I'm just going to read them off. So I'll just read. You say Josh Allen. Obviously. Tua. Yes. Zach Wilson. Yes. Thank God. Mike White. Yes. Mac Jones. Yes. Bailey Zappi. No. Really? Okay. Uh, Mahomes and Herbert. I don't need to talk about that. Carr. Yes. Russell Wilson. Yes. I don't need to say Lamar. Tyler Huntley. Yes. Joe Burrow. Yes. Watson. Yes. Brissett. Yes. Love it. Pickett. Yes. Tannehill. Yes. Matt Ryan. No. Really? Okay. Yeah, I think uh, Matt Ryan's toast. He's done dust. Uh, Lawrence, obviously. Yes. Hurts, obviously. Prescott, obviously. Uh, Daniel Jones. Yes. Carson Wentz. Yes. Taylor Heineke. Absolutely. I think Taylor Heineke gets a starting job before Baker Mayfield does. I I said on the I said on the review this week, I think Taylor Heineke is the starter in Washington next year. Uh, Trey Lance. Yes. Jimmy G. Yes. Mr. Gino. Yes. Kyler. Yes. Stafford. Yes. Cousins. Yes. Jared Goff. Yes. And I would take Brock Purdy right now. Yes, David. Oh my God. We'll get to this. Uh, well, I want to get to this uh, Twitch question. Uh, Jared's much happy to have you here, man. Uh, hit that follow button. Uh, yo, should I go car on Thursday or wait it out for Tua? I wait for Tua. Play Tua. Is, is Tua questionable? That- uh, he has an ankle, but he's expected to play. Yeah, I, I just bank on Tua because he's. When is the Dolphins game this week? I'm sure there's another quarterback you can probably. Like you can add Skylar Thompson, and I would play Skylar Thompson. Yeah, it, it, against like, Carr, just because of the value you may get up to a place. Right, and Donald might be back this week, which could which could hinder uh, the Raiders. And I abs. Oh, it's the Chargers for Tua. Yeah, that's the flex game at seven twenty. I would definitely. I would wait out on Carr, play Tua, yeah, uh, for or sure. Skylar Thompson. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Finishing up, Rogers. Uh, yes. Love. Yes. Fields. Yes. Brady. Absolutely. Desmond Ritter. This is tough, but I would still take Ritter. Uh, I didn't have him on here, but he probably should be on here. Marcus Mariota. No. All right, Dalton. I think 
I we've seen like they both suck, and I think Mariota's absolutely fumbled this audition. Uh, Dalton. No. Winston. Yes. And Darnold, which we know is a yes. Fuck yes, I take Sam Darnold. So absolutely. Uh, that was going off of my list. Notable players that I removed are players like Malik Willis. Um, Mariota didn't make the original draft of the list. He probably makes it now. Um, other guys that I wasn't I'm brave awesome. enough to put on there was Colt McCoy. Um, I think <laughs> I think he's just a strong enough backup in the league. Like, Baker Mayfield's on his Colt McCoy uh, uh, villain arc right now, and I love it. And I would definitely take Malik Willis. Also, right uh, David Davis Mills didn't make the list. Yeah, can. Can we just talk about for a brief second? Like, I loved this list. I'm going to go back and listen to this. I'm going to write down who I said yes and who I said no to because I didn't think to do that because I'm just uh, not that smart today. But what the heck are the Texans doing playing Allen? We know what he is. Like, why wouldn't you let – oh, my gosh, my cat. Why wouldn't you let Mills at least finish this out for you? I don't understand what they're doing. Um, makes no sense to me. Texans being the Texans, but – I'm hey, sure it. I'm sure it was originally to try and put seats and chairs and maybe get someone watching. Like maybe not have I, Brandon Cooks quit halfway through the year. As someone who is very close with a lot of Texans fans, they are not happy. So I'm yeah. sure a QB change Shocker. is just a, just enough to try and get people like turning it on. Well, their off season is going to be very exciting. I'm looking forward to it. That's going to do it for the program. Uh, look. Hour and 21. If you caught the bonus at the beginning, we always do a little bit extra when we go live. It's not going to be available on the podcast. You're going to go to YouTube, hit subscribe for that. Billy, final thoughts before we get the hell out of here? No, not really. I Baker Mayfield legitimately, I think, still has a chance at being an NFL player, maybe an NFL starter. Um, I, I think moving into the McVeigh system could help. Um, I, I think there is still a world where in two years we're talking about Baker. We're like, wow, what a turnaround for him. But you know what? I, I did not say, I did not say. <laughs> he should be. Uh, Gardner Minshew, I'd, I'd fucking prefer over Baker. Yeah. Sure. I. A lot of this was me just going down the list and I couldn't think of backups for some <laughs> So Gardner <laughs> Minshew is probably on the list. Um, yeah, sure. Baker, Baker Mayfield, I think, gets a legitimate another chance. And who knows with what it looks like for Stafford? It might be next year, which it could be. Who knows what's happening with Stafford? Could be the right spot. Phenomenal. That's your final thoughts. Yes, that was my final thoughts. <laughs> I thought we were just tagging on to the end there, but that's okay. Look, my final thoughts are generally the same, but right now this is this is what we play for, and I make that joke all the time. This is what we play for. Uh, and it is. This is exactly it. This is one week before most playoff starts, at least when the playoffs should be starting. And there are just absolutely phenomenal games to sit down and enjoy this week. Enjoy the KC Denver game. Enjoy the Tampa Bay San Francisco game for sure. Enjoy the Miami and Charters game. There are so many great games. It kicks off on Thursday. Set those lineups. Get into the waivers. Don't give up. Never give up. Never surrender when it comes to the playoffs, especially for those buys. Get those buys any way that you have to guys i've absolutely loved this show i've loved this season i can't wait to see what happens in the playoffs can't wait to talk about it with you all remember to check in on your loved ones you never know when they need it remember that there are people on the other sides of those screens every time you're talking shit and and 
getting into it. Remember, there are still people on the other side, uh, even if they're not remembering that and how they're talking to you. It is important. It's very important, especially now. Christmas can be a wonderful time, but it can also be a very sad and depressing time. Please check in. Yo, I see the Packers in the background. Oh, Billy. I, I ought to watch in Jersey before the season, and he's looking like looking like the pickup of the year. I got yeah. a – it's the, – the Watson oh, no. deal has really uh, really devalued – oh, God, I can't get it out of my closet quick enough. <laughs> really hurt. Oh, yeah, the sign Lazard. Yeah. Hey, but you can't be complaining. You're much happier now than you were when they made the initial pick. W.W. Thomas, thanks, Alyssa. It's just important. It's important to check in on your loved ones on Christmas time, man. It, it's a lot of joy. And, again, we just finished up the mental health and, and awareness month for, for men. And, and I always say that the stigma of men not being able to talk to each other also needs to get yeeted. Uh, it's important to talk to one another. It's important to check in on your loved ones. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose, and your best days will cut. Damn! They're always spent tilting. Good night, everybody. I really enjoyed this.